Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way, Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. I It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Out here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I want to welcome you to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single Monday at lunchtime, the world-class outdoors of the state of Mississippi. Thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi radio network or on C- Super Talk TV at Seaspire TV. But if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast, it's August the 15th, 2022. You know, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks that we have tried to get offshore and we couldn't get offshore. The weather's just been strange this, this year. We, now, the good news is there's not been too much rain, so the salinities and the backwaters of coastal Mississippi has been just about right, so the fishing near shore has been terrific. And when you could get offshore, fishing was really good. But uh, we watched all the models over about a 48-hour period and finally got a window uh, Saturday morning, and we took it, and we went to a place that uh, is a little special place for us. It's south of Chandler Island. From my house, about 82 miles. And um, and we and we hit that spot and we caught some beautiful snapper and some mangrove, both red snapper and mangrove snapper. And then we noticed off on the horizon there were a bunch of shrimp boats. So the shrimp fleet that you would normally see up around the 50-foot curve off of uh, Horn Island and Ship Island and Petty Boys Island, um, that that shrimp fleet was really that much further out. So from Horn Island, about best I could tell, about 55 to 60 miles offshore. And um, so we watched, uh, we started counting all the shrimp boats. And we said, you know, let's, we need to go check those out because where we, where we were fishing, the rig we were fishing, it was only about 72 feet of water. But it's really close to the curve as it gets, begins to get really deep. And that's one of the reasons why it's, it's, it's so good. It's really, really good fishing there. So anyway, uh, when we got done at that particular rig, we hit a couple of other rigs. And then we went on out and checked out the, the shrimp boats. And for people who have been out to the shrimp boats in that depth of water, you know that what you normally see are just tons of bonitas and jacks There's lot, and lots of sharks. Uh, I posted a video a couple of years ago of, of literally the, one of the most significant shark frenzies I've ever seen. Thousands of sharks of all different sizes. It was, it was truly remarkable. But that's what you see. The, the, the fish get all congregated behind those shrimp boats. Uh, on Saturday, it was only Jack Cravels, and maybe an occasional shark, but mostly Jack Cravels, and they were all huge, 30 to 40 pound Jack Cravels. And you could have put a bear hook in the water and caught a jack on Saturday. It was it was incredible. We posted a video, kind of a compilation of our trip at the Super Talk Outdoors Facebook page. If you want to take a look at it, you can go look at it. But, you know, kind of beautiful conditions all day long. Uh, while it was raining a little bit on the coast, it wasn't raining offshore. And as we got back home, uh, the rain even on the shore uh, kind of subsided. So that was good news. It was one of those kind of perfect trips all the way around. 
And we did, uh, the reason you run these shrimp boats is you're looking for lemonfish, cobia. And we were able to catch one around 40 to 50 pounds. And uh, a little video of us gaffing that put it on the boat is also part of that compilation of, of pictures and videos that we posted on the Super Talk Outdoors Facebook page. So you can go take a look at it. But, you know, just another reminder of why I continue to call Mississippi the capital of the outdoors in America. When you add it all up, man, there's not a better place on, on earth to enjoy this incredible array of outdoor activities than right here in Mississippi. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, we're headed up to the Delta this weekend. It's a busy time of year. I was up there a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned on the show uh, the three farms that we have there. Um, when you get off, the, by, by the way, the, the crops look better than I've ever seen. Absolutely incredible. Um, but when you get into the areas where we hunt, the trails need a little work. The food plots are are growing rapidly. You know, it's it, I, I say this a lot, but the truth is, this time of year, nature has a way of just kind of taking control. <laughs> and you better go fight nature back, or you'll when it comes planting season for food plots, etc. You'll have your work uh, you know cut out for you. So we're going to go up this weekend and do some bush hogging, and it's a great time of the year to kind of be in the outdoors, even if you're not not uh, shooting or catching you're just enjoying being there and getting ready part of part of the fun of hunting actually is the camaraderie that you're engaged in as you get ready for the hunting season so it's that time of year great fishing offshore getting ready for for hunting and uh you know the, the rest is kind of history hey we've got a great show today we're going to talk a little bit about the conservation trust fund the outdoor stewardship trust fund that was passed this past legislative session kind of give you an update on the on the board members that are being appointed and um the, you know why we need to hit the ground running coming out of the gate on this to to really encourage people to uh, submit the best possible innovative programs they can so we can make this a great demonstration project with a lot of potential federal funds to go with it. But we're also going to kind of get the latest, what's happening in the in the arena of Ducks Unlimited and the Nature Conservancy this time of year. And without any further ado, let me bring my friend Ed Penny, who's Director of Public Policy for the Ducks Unlimited for the Southern Region, and Alex Littlejohn, who's Mississippi State Director for the Nature Conservancy, and good friends, regulars here on this show and my show on the Coast Call. Coast you. So, how you guys doing? Doing great, Ricky. Thanks for the chance to talk to you again. It's always good to see your face. It's good to see you too. How you doing, Alex? Man, I can't complain. I appreciate you having us. Good to see everybody again. So, uh, I, I mentioned or I heard this kind of conversation between the two of you as uh, as we were getting ready to ramp up the show. And uh, so, so Ed, as you guys sort of look around at uh, the work that you guys have been doing what 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 do you what are you thinking about this upcoming duck season good question ricky so you know anybody who's spending any time out in the field or in the woods chasing ducks they know that it's been pretty tough the last two or three years and there's no denying that you know most of the ducks that we're seeing are, are old ducks and old ducks are hard to kill just like uh just like turkeys uh, so if you're killing mallards when they're old and, and wise, you're a pretty good duck hunter. So it's been tough. You know, breeding populations have been lower than lower than average, lower than the last several years. And this year, though, you know, we expect an uptick. We expect it to get back to average, we hope. Uh, you know, it has been wetter in the prairies, particularly in the U.S. prairies, eastern North Dakota, eastern South Dakota. 
up into Saskatchewan, places where uh, that produce a lot of the ducks that we see here in the Mississippi Flyway. So, you know, we're getting back to what we would say normal, but we're far from, you know, far from great breeding populations. So it's not going to keep me from not being out in the field. I'm looking forward to teal season and dove season, and then when the weather gets a little cooler, chasing ducks again. So we're excited. So Ed, when you when you look, we talked a lot about last year how dry it was, just an incredibly dry year, and this year we've got it. We've had a lot more rain in the Delta. Uh, I wouldn't say an excessive amount, but I hope that that's helped. And also, when you factor in the heat wave, what are you seeing in terms of water beginning to hold up in places where you need it, and how has the heat wave just across the United States, particularly in the flyway, affected things? That's a good question, too. So this time of year, BU biologists and engineers are busy doing projects, and they're, they're going strong now. I mean, they're turning dirt. They're, they're creating wetlands, restoring wetlands and on public lands here in the state of Mississippi. And, you know, when it's dry like it is right now, they're working hard, and it has that's been one of the good things about it being dry. And, you know, it's this year has been what I would say more normal precipitation. We haven't had... I mean, we've had some big rains the last couple of weeks, but, you know, it's been dry when it needs to be dry, and it's been wet when it needs to be wet, and we were just talking about how crops seem to seem to be doing pretty well right now, so, you know, the heat wave has been, has been tough on us, but critters like ducks and, and deer tend to, tend to adapt pretty well, uh, but, you know, it always takes cold weather to bring the ducks south to Mississippi. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'd love to predict what that could be, but I'm not going to. I, I'd, I'd get quoted, <laughs> and, I, and I'd lose pretty quickly on that one. But, you know, all we can do is pray for cold weather. Hey, do you guys talk? I mean, I'm actually curious about something, and then we'll come over to Alex and see what his group is doing this time of year. You know, when you look at the the war in Ukraine, and how it's affected the the worldwide markets as, as particular obviously agriculture it's, it's affected everything but agriculture has been impacted significantly what i see in the delta is where i would normally see a lot of corn or maybe cotton you see a lot more soybeans uh i don't know if that's a, a trend throughout the entire delta but i'm curious if the if the cot excuse me if the crop um you know balance that you would normally see with a little bit of corn, a little bit of soybean, a little bit of cotton, or maybe a lot of all three. If that has some, you know, the fact that it's been changed somewhat because of the price of commodities, um, that, 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 you know, th- does that impact you guys in any way? Yeah, that's, a, that's also a great question. I mean, with, with crop prices being high, uh, farmers want to farm and they want to grow crops and, and by all means they need to feed the world. Uh, the question becomes, are they, are farmers when they're trying to plant and grow, grow on more acres, are they impacting wetlands? Are they impacting habitat? There's a lot of conservation programs out there that they conserve marginal land and, uh, land that's not good for growing crops. And we want to make sure that, that that land is continuing to be productive for wildlife and for water quality and so many other things. But, uh, we are seeing some acres going back into production that have been in conservation. People are, you know, contracts, CRP contracts are coming out, and that's well within the, the landowners and producers' decision to do that. But we are seeing an impact on that. 
Yeah, I was. Uh, I'm not surprised to hear that. Which is one more reason why the Conservation Trust Fund is something that we need to double down on. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Alex Littlejohn and Ed Penny. We'll find out what the latest is in the Nature Conservancy world. We'll talk about the latest on the Stewardship Trust Fund. From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 96. Tonight, a slight chance of rain, partly cloudy, low around 74. 30% chance of rain for your Tuesday, mostly sunny and hot, high near 97. And a look to Wednesday, a 50-50 shot of rain, mostly sunny, high near 92. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply expert since 1871. You already know that Madison Cellars is Madison's favorite place to buy wine and spirits since 1988. On Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center, Madison Cellars has a hometown feel with a big city selection. Do you have a question about which wine to serve with a certain dish? Call 601-856-0931 and let their knowledgeable staff help you find the perfect match. Find out more at madisoncellars.net or stop by today. Madison Cellars on Highway 51 in the Madison Station Shopping Center. Since 1920, many great beginnings in Mississippi have begun with a diamond from All Britain's Jewelers. Since then, we've changed in many ways, except in our commitment to our customers. Hi, I'm John All Britain. At All Britain's, we realize how important a diamond is to you. That's why our trained gemologist inspects every stone we sell. Whether you're buying your first diamond or celebrating your 25th anniversary, you can be confident of our quality and value. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britons as their diamond store. Hey, this is Will with Service Specialists. Are you looking for new employees, spending hours searching recruitment sites? For over 50 years, Service Specialists has been connecting hard-to-find qualified candidates for employers. We have candidates for all your administrative, professional, manufacturing, and industrial needs. Check us out online at servicespecialistltd.com. That's servicespecialistltd.com. Service Specialists, your expert recruiters helping employers and job candidates connect since 1967 with offices in Ridgeland, Canton, and Oxford. 37 years. That's a long time, and that's how long Shapley's Restaurant has been bringing you the finest in steaks, seafood, and, of course, our homemade hot tamales. This is Mark Shapley, and we are proud that we are celebrating our 37th year in business. Shapley's has been a staple in the greater Jackson market and had the pleasure of serving guests from around the country. This couldn't have happened without you, and we are so grateful for your continued support. Shapley's Restaurant, 37 years and counting. Come see us soon, 601-957-8000. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Gallo here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super, Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friends Ed Penny and Alex Littlejohn. Ed is with the with Ducks Unlimited and Alex is with the Nature Conservancy. 
And uh, it's just always interesting to touch base with these guys because they've got their ears really close to the ground. One thing we were talking about off the air was about international firms coming in buying land and running the you know the cost of land up. Uh, some you know some land that a year or two ago might have been worth five thousand dollars an acre because it's irrigated and has the has the uh, more modern irrigation capabilities. You're going for seven thousand dollars or more. It's incredible, that, and that's scary. Actually, we'll come back to that in just a second. Come on over to you for a minute, Alex. What, what's uh, what's the latest in your world with the Nature Conservancy? Well, I'll go back to Ed's previous segment. I will tell you, I do not envy uh, Ed or my friends at Ducks or Delta Waterfowl when you walk into Duck Seas or even the Waterfowl Biologists in State because it's the toughest time of year for them because everybody wants to know where are the ducks. And, you know, it's not due in part to the work that they're doing. I mean, if it was do a part to the work you know they would tell you the ducks are everywhere i mean the, the work that they do across the prairie pothole region canada and even down in new mexico is it's incredible so i don't envy on this time of year but it is an exciting time of year much like ed said uh, we've enjoyed some of the dry weather because it allowed us to get out and get some of our projects really moving down the line some of them are going to finish about a year out earlier because we have planned for some uh, some wetter uh, time in the field that would limit us but you know much like Ed described we're our books closed June 30th and so we're in proposal deadlines and grant deadlines and financial deadlines so summertime gets real busy between the field work and as well as the office work but there's no shortage of it out there that's for sure it's uh, it's an interesting time of year for all of us. You know, yeah, I mean, but you know, your work, both you and Ed's work, it's a this year around. There's always something to, yeah. to happen. Just as it relates to the Nature Conservancy and all the partners you've been able to develop, and you know, the number of members that you have and whatever, uh, you spend a lot of time on on the road these days, just talking to people. What do you, what are you hearing from people? You know, I, I would tell you it's been it's it's been interesting and, and somewhat comforting. We've some of these conversations, you feel back, you feel like you're back into a, a state of normal um, prior to COVID. You know, you're actually able to sit down and be across the table with folks that you normally would have seen on a on a weekly or monthly basis. And people are talking about the things again that matters to to our neck of the woods and our world, which is conservation. Um, look, there's no shortage of crisis out there that we can talk about and be distracted with and and deserves our focus but it has been fun to be able to sit down with those people again and talk about our work and see the excitement and talking about upcoming deer season and duck season and just hunting season in general and heck you mentioned it when you opened up i mean the fishing off the coast has been great this year because we haven't had the impact from freshwater um, that we've seen in the last few years so i don't know there just seems to be a a little a little more pep in the step and a little more comfort that you know, maybe we've kind of come through, come you know, right into the tunnel. We've come through the dark clouds and on the backside of a lot of this stuff we've all had to deal with personally and professionally the last two years. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. When you think about the the dark cloud from a from a having a, a hunting camp point of view, I, I still wonder about what the cost of fertilizer is going to be when we get into when we get into planting. I'm hoping it will continue to come down. But uh, hey, let's uh, we're, we're going to move over to the stewardship trust fund here shortly. But I just want to want to uh, see what you guys are hearing. One of the one of the farms that I'm involved with was purchased the the ag portion that was purchased by a German company and they paid nearly seven thousand dollars an acre for it um 
But I'm here, you know, I've been reading all over America where the Chinese have been coming in buying a lot of ag land and there are other players in this, in this, uh, international buying spree that we're seeing. You know, what do, what do you hear, Ned? Are you hearing, you know, this is really a trend all over the place? Yeah, it's the same thing everywhere. I would say in too many cases, Mississippi's kind of tail end of this kind of thing. So a lot of up in the Western states have been dealing with this for the last, you know, last 10, 15 years and, is finally hitting us. People recognize the value of prime farmland uh, for obvious reasons. And, you know, Alex Alex is working for TNC. He's seeing the same thing around the country, that Mississippi is is catching up, and it's, it's costing conservation as well. The cost of conservation goes up when land prices go up, and by all means, landowners and farmers and ranchers can make the, make the right decision on their property and what to do with it and it sure is hard to, to turn down a, a pretty significant offer when it's given to you what you what you hear now it's the same you know when you talk about these international buyers coming in my my first and ed and i've talked about this at length my first um question is is whether or not they will adhere to the same conservation values that a lot of our landowners here adhere to that they're, they're normalized with you know this is just kind of part and parcel to the culture and the roots that we have and I haven't really seen how that's going to flesh out, but that's really where my mind goes, much to what Ed just said. You know, not only is conservation, the price of conservation going to go up with land prices, but are we going to see implementation go up or are we going to see it retreat? You know, how are some of these buyers, these new buyers to this world going to react to it? Well, you know, coming back to, um, you know, you guys are involved in all kinds of important efforts as it relates to as it relates to creating habitat for, for wildlife. But you heard what, uh, what what Ed said a few minutes ago, that we're seeing land that, and I've seen this too on the farms that we're, that we're involved in, you're seeing crops in areas where you used to not see crops. Um, you know, small little partial where they maybe wouldn't have spent any, any, you know, bothered going over there and planting that. But now that every square inch is planted, uh, and that does take habitat out of uh, out of out of circulation. Uh, are you concerned about it? You see, do you see the trend, and, and what's your thoughts about it? I'll speak first. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, a farmer's got to make sure that he can make money on a piece of property when he when he plants and grows a crop. You know, a lot of times the land that is coming out of, quote, conservation, for example, a CRP contract, that's marginal land. It hasn't been able to make a crop. Now there's new technology with seeds and chemicals and other things that they could allow a farmer to grow a crop on that marginal land that's been in other uses for a while. But in many cases, they're still not going to be able to produce a crop. And unfortunately, that cost is going to hit them. And, you know, we want to make sure that conservation is a conservation. And then I'll talk about conservation reserve program, how that needs to be a viable option for farmers into the future, into the next farm bill, so farmers are not going further and further into debt trying to grow a crop on land that floods four out of five years or nine out of ten years or is too too dry and too sandy to, to irrigate and, and grow a crop. So, you know, they got to make wise decisions, and we hope conservation is part of that. Yeah, that's... Uh a lot of my farmer friends would call that insurance farming for the most part. So what, are you concerned about that trend, Alex, from a conservation point of view? Yeah, much like, you know, I, my mother's from the Delta. A lot of my family's from the Delta. So, you know, I 
appreciate the needs from the landowner's perspective, and rightfully so. I mean, they, as, as Ed pointed out, they have to make a living. I mean, it's, it's their livelihood, and the economic return is very key to them, obviously uh, more so than others sometimes, but very much a large factor of their decision-making year to year. And much like the farmer has to respond to the economic needs, I think conservation should should have to respond as to the markets and the economic needs as well. And we have to be honest about that. Um, what we were getting per acre for CRP or what is now WRE, which was previously WRP, you know, 15, 20 years ago is not going to keep up today. It's just it's just simply not. If, if we want to continue to be able to compete with some of the economic drivers that have really crept in the last five years. Well, I tell you, one thing that is very true that uh, in the last few years of being heavily involved in hunting in the Delta, I have said this on the show before and I feel more strongly about it today. We're so lucky to have the farmers that we have in this state. I mean, we would be toast if without, without farmers. And uh, I work with so closely with them, and they're so <laughs> incredibly cooperative in working with us to make sure that our hunting experience is the best it can be. And, and man, I watch it through their eyes. It's tough, man. I mean, it, every rain is, is a potential threat, or every, every day of lack of rain is a potential threat. And uh, having to constantly think about, do we need to lay some pipe down to do some irrigation or bring the pipes up or... You know, is, is now the time we need to go harvest? I mean, look, look, it is a it is a tough world these guys live in, and they go at it every year, and they wouldn't do anything other than that. And it's amazing to me how lucky we are to have a farming community. To me, the farmers and outdoorsmen, they're partners in this incredible journey, and without them, we would we would be toast. I, I can't say that enough. I'm particularly pleased to have developed a close relationship with the Dunn family up in uh, the Greenwood area. They they uh, they farm thousands of acres, and they've been a, an incredibly good friend to us. That that is for sure. Hey, when I we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Alex Littlejohn from the Nature Conservancy and Ed Penny from Ducks Unlimited. We're going to get the latest on the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we all so strongly believe will be a game changer for Mississippi going forward. We'll see you after this break. Bolton Screw is proud to announce the grand opening of their third Central Mississippi location at 599 Highway 49 South in Richland. Three times the convenience, three times the selection, and three times the service. Visit Ace Bolton Screw on Julianne Street just off Gallatin and Jackson, right on I-55 at the Gluckstead exit, and now Highway 49 South in Richland. They have millions of fasteners, a massive selection of tools for pros, and more. Now three locations strong. Mississippi family-owned and operated for over 50 years. This hour of Middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back. 
Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to save more with Mahindra. And it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models with tractors that deliver more lift, capacity, fuel efficiency, and built-in weight. So get zero down, zero percent interest for up to 60 months on Mahindra, the world's number one selling tractor, Mahindra, available at the Tractor Store in Richland. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection. And that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. This remarkable achievement can only happen with continuous training from iCar and the manufacturers of the vehicles you drive. In fact, we're trained and certified by more automakers than any shop in the market. At a time when insurers are pushing more than ever for discounted and shortcut repairs that save them money, why not insist on Clinton Body Shop, where you get an OEM certified repair using certified parts? If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. The Department of Homeland Security and the FBI are now warning of increased threats against their agencies following the search of former President Donald Trump's Florida home. State Auditor Shad White sat down with us this morning, saying that he believes the raid at Mar-a-Lago points to a need for oversight of any federal agency at the top. You need to be careful before expanding the power of any of those agencies. So I, I think back to the 87,000 IRS agents that are going to be hired, allegedly. That's like adding half of the standing United States Marine Corps to the IRS. Uh, and it's alarming because uh, you start to wonder if those folks are going to be going after normal middle-class tax-paying Americans uh, instead, of, uh, instead of targeting people who are committing fraud. And eight bricks of cocaine worth north of $1 million have washed up on the Biloxi Beach. The situation is currently under investigation. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey, on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you 
you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Day. Uh, look forward to actually saying from uh, the Mississippi Delta soon. We'll be doing some shows up there in the in the in upcoming uh, on the upcoming calendar of events for this show. Hey, hey Alex, let's come over to you for a second. Uh, for people who may not have really paid close attention to this, uh, why don't you give them a sense of what the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund is and why we're so excited about what it is and how it's going to be a game changer from the conservation from a conservation outdoor enjoyment point of view for the state of Mississippi. Sure, I'd be happy to. It's essentially, in a nutshell, it's a it's a grant op- application process by which individuals from across the state, and when I say that, groups, conservation groups, federal and state agencies can apply as well. But groups like Ducks Unlimited, Nature Conservancy, Wildlife Mississippi, Delta Windbirds up in Oxford, Land Trust, and the list goes on, but also municipalities can put in for conservation efforts they want to see implemented in their backyard or in a region or that fit to their conservation plans across the state. But for the first time in Mississippi, this is a state-allocated resource. It's appropriated by the state legislature. Uh, This past session, they allocated uh, appropriated $10 million into the trust fund. And so we, we hope to see those dollars, you know, now allocated out through the application process once the board kind of gets that process up and running and streamlined. But that is a large part, has been a large part of the missing link for conservation groups and conservation efforts to really drive the amount of federal dollars to Mississippi that we know we can achieve. We just we just missed out because federal dollars require state-based match. Uh, from, so they need some matching dollars that are non-federal, and the Conservation Trust Fund is going to service that. So hopefully I did that well enough and didn't confuse anybody, but that's what it is. For sure. $10 million this year. We have commitments from leadership in our state that they'll try to do $20 million this coming year, which was tw- we tried to get $20 million last year. It's important because we'll be able to turn that $20 million potentially into 30 or $40, 50000000 million if we're, if we're smart about how we use the matching funds. And coming over to you, if we look, you mentioned the Farm Bill a few minutes ago. we got reauthorization we're looking at now. When you look inside that Farm Bill, there are other federal funds, by the way, but the majority of the federal 
funds that we probably will have access to will come from the Farm Bill. Lots of little tranches of money inside there. You mentioned CRP a few minutes ago. The most successful Farm Bill conservation effort in, in United States history is the CRP program. Um, there is potentially, well, first of all, let's do this. The Farm Bill reauthorization, can we potentially look for a lot more money in the Farm Bill coming up? And secondly, um, there are going to be a lot of, are there going to be any new buckets that you're aware of? But certainly, even if there aren't, there are a lot of buckets that we're going to be able to match, aren't there? There are tons of new buckets, and we talk about our biologists turning dirt and, and working with contractors out on, the, out on the land in Mississippi. I've been working pretty hard the last couple of months since the Mississippi legislature ended uh, trying to get federal funds and, and working on new programs at the federal level to then bring back to Mississippi and to the rest of the South. And one of the biggest that just got passed and will get signed into law by President Biden in the next several days is the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, that includes billions for conservation, and that's going to private landowners, and that's going to be through uh, conservation easements, through the Regional Conservation Partnership Program, through EQIP, the Environmental Quality Incentive Program. $5 billion, $8.5 billion, $1.5 billion over the next 10 years through that legislation. We're talking about huge amounts of funding, and that's just for private lands not to mention the public land dollars for national wildlife refuges for state wildlife management areas that we've been able to get get across the goal line. So, you know, all of these funds require matching either from a landowner for from a state entity, and the trust fund is perfectly poised to do that. Uh, we've talked about the cost of conservation going up over the last over the first part of this show. Uh, these funds will help address that problem. And I'm excited to see that the trust fund is perfectly situated to help bring more dollars back to the state of Mississippi for the whole state, not just the Delta, not just the coast, not just North Mississippi, but for the entire state. Well, the, the, okay, so the Stewardship Trust Fund passed last year. $10 million is in it initially. Again, I mentioned that hopefully we'll get $20 million in subsequent years. You have uh, a board of trustees that's going to be appointed by the lieutenant governor and the governor. Those appointments are getting made as we speak. Um, one of the real wins last year was that there was some discussion about whether private lands would be involved or not. Private lands are involved. One of the reasons private land needed to be involved was because of the farm bill and the point that Ed just made just a few minutes ago. The other is whether whether um, whether organizations like yours, uh, Nature Conservancy, uh, Delta Wildlife, uh, uh, you know, uh, excuse me, Wildlife Mississippi is the what I was trying to think of. Of course, Ducks Unlimited and others could uh, could apply. You were you were included in the process. By the way, along the way, both of your names were mentioned to me as potential trustees, and I said, "Oh no, no, no! We don't want them to be on the selection committee. We they will be better for this this process being on the outside looking in, so they can go out and really encourage others and their own organizations to seek as much federal money as possible." It seems to me that one of the most important parts of this will be not only the, the quality and innovation embedded in each of the projects that, that people want to get funded, but it's also going to be determined, I hope the selection process has a very heavy burden on the the federal matching fund piece of this. So um, have you both, had, Alex, have you had an opportunity to consider being a part of the trustee? Yeah, I mean, much like you, you said, we wanted to, be at arm's length on that and really 
felt like that needed to be driven by private individuals across the state, leaders across the state, and you know our biggest our biggest interest in the whole um, effort, as much as Ed and Wildlife Mississippi and other conservation groups, is making sure those dollars are leveraged significantly. And that they go to projects that are making the largest impact and um, across the state. So that's yeah. really where I want to be able to help. And I know Ed wants to be able to help. And we actually, you know, see ourselves working in partnership on a lot of those efforts going forward. So that's the role that I think Ed would shake his head and tell you that we want to help play. Ed, anything to add to that, my friend? No, I mean, we do have some great appointees. Both the Lieutenant Governor and Governor Reeves uh, made their appointment selections. Uh, they're from around the state, uh, and according to the law that got signed, you know, they've got to come from the congressional districts, they've got to come from the Supreme Court districts, so we've got a good distribution of good decision makers, and we look forward to, to working with them and making sure that, that they make those decisions on project selection that are best for the state. Uh, that are, that have, you know, clear, transparent, uh, oversight of, of this fund, of this trust fund. So, you know, we got basically everything we wanted in the program the first year, and now we got to make sure that it's successful. And that, that's going to come down to every Mississippian and every member of this coalition and so many others to make sure that that happens. Well, there was a lot of interest in forming this. I think it was a big win to have a board of trustees overseeing it. Then you have these ex officio members, probably more ex officio members than in the history of the state, over, you know, overseeing and representing certain aspects of government. So that we, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, we need to make sure that we uh, that we're spending this money wisely and appropriately. And if we can do that and really show some incredibly first-year demonstration projects, and I think that might incent the legislature and state leadership to want to even put more money in it. Because if you th- think about what other states are doing, you know, 10, 20 million, that's a great start. But it's not relative to what we could be doing. And when you consider the amount of matching funds and the investment this would be, uh, we could certainly do a lot more. So hopefully we can hit it out of the park. Have they completed the process of, uh, of announcing uh, who, the, who the trustees are going to be? Uh, Alex? Yeah, I see it's shaking his head. I believe the trustees have all been named. I think that, you know, now the last few steps is really kind of building out the staff that will help support the program. And those that staff will be housed um, inside of DFA, if I remember the statute correctly. And probably, not probably, is likely the most important part of the, the puzzle is getting the right staff in place to make sure that that's a very strong um proposal process as well as the distribution of funds as as well as driving the um, transparency side of things too in partnership with the trustees that are overseeing it. Yeah, anything to add to that, Ed? Yeah, I mean, it's important to point out that this is housed in the Department of Finance and Administration. It's not part of another state agency, so there is some independence there. And we do have to make sure that we have a manager in place that understands conservation, that understands partnerships, that understands public funding and everything that's attached to that. Because we do, and I want to stress this very clearly, that we do want transparency and good oversight on this. You mentioned all the folks that are on the board, ex officio and otherwise. There's a lot of a lot of names on the race car and a lot of folks that want to make sure this thing runs fast and smooth. Uh, so, you know, it's, 
it's got a lot of a lot of eyes on it, and, and it should because it's important for the state, and it shows how important Mississippi Outdoors is to us. So. No question about that. We have uh, Ed Penny from Ducks Unlimited and Alex Littlejohn from the Nature Conservancy. They were part of the core team that worked with a, a an incredible coalition of people who love the outdoors and love outdoors recreation, working with the state legislature and state leadership to get us to a point where we now have an outdoor stewardship trust fund that uh, that can really leave a legacy for our kids and our kids' kids. When we come back, we'll continue this part of the conversation. We'll see you for the final segment of Super Talk Outdoors after this break. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Fredericks has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Fredericks Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving you since 1993. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. Spillway Diner, known for its great breakfast and lunch, is now open till 8 p.m., featuring a new special each night, Monday. Enjoy all you can eat breakfast. Tuesday, half price blue plates. Wednesday, it's dollar wing night with 14 flavors to choose from. Thursday, all you can eat fish fillets. And on Friday and Saturday, enjoy a juicy sirloin, ribeye, or fillet served with baked potato, roll, or Texas toast and a drink. Spillway Diner's all you can eat special feature menu is dine-in only. No sharing. Find them on Facebook for more on the new menu, hours, and location. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey. If a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing. Doing everything we can to make the time you spend spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at fillmorebuickgmc.com. 
Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Join Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation studio. Whether you're looking to learn a trade or expand your skills, contact MCEF today. Join Sports Talk Mississippi every Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's original, Cajun, and garlic and green onion sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. Why is agriculture so important to the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation? Well, one out of every four jobs in our state depends on agriculture. And it's a $7.35 billion industry for our state. That's a billion with a B. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. It's cut through walls and fall football. Back to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio. I have my friends Ed Penny from Ducks Unlimited and Alex Littlejohn from the Nature Conservancy. We're just catching up, seeing what the latest is in their worlds and what are they hearing these days. And more specifically, in the last segment, uh, last two segments, we're, we're kind of drilling down a little bit on the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we all work so closely together on. And um, we, you know, we knew we knew the state would do this. We, we, we there was never any doubt in my mind that we would do this. I think it takes time to get aligned around something like this that has so much so much uh, positive impact, but it, but it can be a little complicated to get your head around. And the other thing is, you don't want to, you don't want to do this halfway. You, you, it was really important for us to have all the conversations that needed to be had, so that the resulting legislation was complete. It would, you know what? In an effort like this, Alex, the last thing we wanted was legislation to pass that had a lot of little warts in it that would need to be cleaned up later. It seemed like we got this one pretty much right the first time. Yeah, looking back on it, you know, I think we were all um, somewhat a little frustrated with ourselves not getting it right out the gate the first session and, and running with it. But that's partly because it's so new and we, we understood what, what needed to be done and how impactful or, um, a program like this could be to the state because we're in it every day. But when you're... When you're trying to pass something like this that is so monumental, so historical, it needs to be fleshed out, and rightfully so. And it shouldn't have passed in the first. Looking back on it, it shouldn't have passed in the first round. It deserved the time and the effort that was given to it, um, both both from the coalition side to conservation groups that were after it, as well as the legislature side. You know, it takes yeah. time to to think through these things. How would it work? And they know things that we're not privy to and, and vice versa so there's a learning curve there but it's not for lack of uh, interest on both sides but 
believe they got it right, you know, in the last session. Yeah, I, uh, when I say pretty much got it right, I mean, listen, no legislation is perfect coming out no, of the game. Right. You, it, the, right. the nature of the legislative process is that there might be some tweaks that need to be made in the future. But, Ed, one area that I wish we would have really nailed down is a dedicated funding source. Because without a dedicated funding source, it means that we're going to have to sort of ramp it up every year. And, and I don't say fight for the dollars, but sometimes it does become a fight for the dollars. The good news is that we have a lot of legislative support for continuing this over time. But had we had a dedicated funding source, we would have not had to go you know, back every single year and had this conversation. Now, that's probably the, the big additional sort of refinement that would make in the next couple of years if we were going to make one. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, dedicated conservation funding through a sporting goods sales tax diversion makes perfect sense. There's a strong connection between what people are buying and what people are using those things for hunting, fishing, outdoor recreation. So that precedent uh, is something that we want to work on. Obviously, we need to educate folks more. We need to talk to our legislators and make sure that they understand that connection. There are a lot of priorities that they have to fund every year. Conservation should be top three, top five at the very least. And we want to make sure that we have robust, significant, dedicated funding through a sales tax or something similar to help fund all the things that we care so deeply about. Well, the quickest way, Alex, to get to a point where we can have a conversation about a dedicated funding source is to come out of the gate with programs that are incredibly innovative and very, very specific and that add to outdoor recreation for the state in ways that people would just be blown away by. And we take that 10 million and we turn it into 20 or 30, excuse me, the 20 and 30 million with federal funds. That will make having a future conversation about a dedicated funding source a lot easier to have, won't it? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the, the proof will be in the pudding at that point, you know, in terms of not only uh, pro- programs or projects that you're able to fund, you know, my, my hopes are that we show that there's a much larger need than it, they can be fulfilled with the current allocation of $10 million, which Ed and I both will tell you is likely very much the case. You may not see it in the first cycle, but you definitely, by second cycle, it will come into fruition just because people are new to the process and new to the program. But I, I will tell you, if we can show, and we will be able to show, I, I firmly believe that, that the need um, or the amount of dollars just can't meet the need that we know is out there, and especially when it comes to leveraging um, all the federal dollars that we've talked about here. So absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Well, it is uh, it is exciting. You know, I don't care who I've talked to since this legislation got passed, whether it was Delbert uh, Husband himself or the Speaker or the, the Secretary of State that you know is really pushing hard in his efforts to say you, you gotta you gotta involve non governmental. You gotta you gotta have. Um, you got to have private uh, property owners involved because a, a statewide conservation effort needs to involve all land, both public and private. But everybody's excited about it. Everybody's excited, and I can't wait to start talking about some of these projects so that so that people can really start to get their head around it. Because there's a direct relation between the stuff we're going to be doing with the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund and our opportunities and you know generationally to enjoy the outdoors in Mississippi. It's been a, it's been a pleasure, Ed Penny and Alex Littlejohn. Thank you for joining me today, my friend. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Been, been great. Hey, listen, as I always end my show, 
Have a great time in the outdoors. We'll see you next week. But, but please always put safety first. Put safety first. God bless you and have a great day. We'll see you next Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.